Welcome to Come Follow Me Mental Health Insights with Dr. David Morgan. Each week we'll review a concept from the Come Follow Me lesson and talk about applications to improve our mental and emotional health. Hi, welcome to episode 49 of season two. This week we are studying the books of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, along with the book of Jude. Two weeks ago, we studied the book of James, and remember that was not the same James as in Peter, James, and John, but the John of John 1, 2, and 3, uh, and the presumed author of these books is the John who was the one of the three original apostles, the Peter, James, and John. And this is the same John who was promised to never taste of death, but to continue to bring souls unto Christ until the second coming. The book of Jude was written by Jude, and scholars believe that this Jude was one of the half-brothers of Jesus Christ, one of the literal children of Mary and Joseph. Both of these authors share powerful truths that can help clarify our understanding and make choices to keep on the covenant path. Scholars also assume that these books were written towards the latter end of the first century, probably sometime between 70 and 100 AD. So it had only been about four or five decades since the Savior concluded his mortal ministry, yet some members of the church had started to experience significant um, doctrinal drift. And that's when personal beliefs drift away from gospel truths. It has happened in every dispensation of the gospel and just seems to be part of human nature. One of the prevalent beliefs during the time that these books were written was called um, docetism. And here's a definition of this from the Seminary New Testament Home Study Guide. Quote, docetism comes from the Greek word doko, meaning to seem or to appear. Followers of docetism overemphasized Jesus' spiritual nature to the point that they rejected the idea that he came to earth in actual bodily form. They believed that God was invisible, immortal, all-knowing, and immaterial, and they considered the physical world and the physical body to be corrupt and evil. Therefore, they believed that since Jesus was the divine Son of God, he could have not experienced the limitations of being human. In their view, Jesus Christ was not literally born in the flesh, and he did not inhabit a tangible body, bleed, suffer, die, or rise with a physical resurrected body. He only seemed to do those things. That's the end of the quote. It was because of these and other beliefs that saints started to manifest incorrect behavior. We've talked many times on this podcast about the connection between belief and action. Incorrect belief can motivate improper action. And consider some of these teachings from John. This is from 1 John chapter 1, starting in verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us all from sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Then in 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, we read, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. 
and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. And continuing in that same chapter, verses 8 through 11, Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. And then finally, in uh, 1 John um, chapter 4, verses 20 and 21, it says, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he, whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. All of these teachings highlight the difference between stated belief and resulting action. If our actions are not in line with our stated beliefs, then we have some correction to make. And just to be clear, all of us fall short of the expectation. We are all trying to more consistently make choices that are in harmony with the true principles that we've been taught. The problem is, just like the ancient saints that John and Jude were writing to, we struggle in our progress. We experience drift in our journey and end up off target. One of the frustrations that people experience in their mental health journey is what I call the backslide. And this is when a person decides to change something about themselves. For example, they want to think more positively or they want to have not as much fear in their life and they make a little progress for a while, but then fall back into old habits. They then become very frustrated, feeling like a failure, and they abandon their efforts to change. Now, let's be clear. All change is going to involve backsliding. No one is going to go from zero to 100 without some sort of setback. If you can accept the fact that your journey to greater mental health and emotional health will involve periodic backsliding, then that's one less thing you have to worry about. And actually, backsliding is not all that bad. As long as we get up and start moving forward again, it can teach us great lessons. Uh, one of my favorite quotes about this is from C.S. Lewis, who was a great Christian apologist. And this is what he had to say about this, uh, talking about failure in our progress. Quote, after each failure, ask forgiveness, pick yourself up and try again. Very often, what God first helps us towards is not the virtue itself, but just this power of always trying again. For however important chastity or courage or truthfulness or any other virtue may be, this process trains us in habits of the soul which are more important still. It cures our illusions about ourselves and teaches us to depend upon God. We learn, on the one hand, that we cannot trust ourselves even in our best moments, and on the other, that we need not, desp not despair even in our worst, for our failures are forgiven. The only thing fatal is to sit down content with anything less than, protection, than perfection. I love that quote because it says that the, this progress that we're making towards any sort of virtue uh, 
it's not just about the journey towards that virtue. As, as we fall down in that journey, as we make missteps, as we experience failures, then not only are we progressing towards that, um, that virtue, but we're also learning things like patience and understanding. I just love that. Regular listeners are familiar with one of my favorite mottos, which is keep moving forward. And that's what C.S. Lewis is teaching. When you get off track, get up, dust off, regain your bearings, and keep going. Your journey to better mental health will be full of setbacks, but don't despair. If you handle those setbacks with determination, not only will you improve your mental health, but you'll develop other characteristics that will make you more like the Savior. I always end my podcast episodes with an invitation to act and just ask you to give prayerful consideration to which of these invitations would be good for you in your circumstance. Here's this week's invitation. Think of some aspect of your mental or emotional health that you've been trying to improve, but where your efforts have often fallen short. Write down some characteristics that you believe you can develop as you continue to push past the failures. Some of these can include persistence, humility, patience, etc. And then practice acknowledging the fact that backsliding combined with ongoing repentance and moving forward is a recipe for great overall improvement. I have free worksheets that you can download to help you remember and implement the weekly invitations. To find out how to get these, just sign up for my email newsletter. You can find that link in the show notes. Also, please subscribe so you can easily access new episodes each week. And please share this podcast with others. There are also written transcripts of the podcast. You can find that link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And until next time, this is Dr. David Morgan reminding you that change is possible, but change requires action and to always keep moving forward. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, please visit Dr. Morgan's website at www.drdavidtmorgan.com.